<laughs> Our purpose today is to learn who Tony Dixon is. We should put some ominous music. Do, 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 yeah, do, do. yeah. I don't know. It's, the the uh, uh, what's the name of that show? Twilight Zone. That's right. Are you proud of me? Look at that. I knew <laughs> I knew an old TV show. I think. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the Twenty Minute Podcast, a ministry of King of Kings Lutheran Church. We are a caring community, reaching in friendship with Christ. Follow us on social media at King of Kings CR or visit us on the web at www.kingofkingscr.org. Today, what I would like to find out is who Tony Dixon really is. Where did he begin? And how did he get to where he is right now? Oh, man. Tony Dixon. So, Tony... The idea behind this is to learn as much as we can about your development into the director of Christian education, who you are today at King of Kings Lutheran Church. Wow. That's, and we can do that in 20 minutes. <laughs> well, now that you, you mention know, if, it. If it takes only 10, that's fine. That's, <laughs> I, was think, I was thinking more like 45. Oh, okay. You, well, you never know. Well, you, you don't know. But we sit here and we visit back and forth, but we don't get to really learn about one another that yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk about myself, believe it or not. <laughs> the, uh, the hard part will be stopping me from talking about myself okay. while yeah. you're talking yeah, about Yeah, don't yourself. worry. I've got the control board over here, so I can <laughs> I can do that pretty quick. Okay. So uh, where were you born? Yeah, I'll go all the way back to the beginning there. I was born outside of Chicago in a town called Yorkville. Yorkville is about an hour outside of Chicago. And when I was growing up there, it was kind of an area like Robbins, this this north side of Cedar Rapids is. It was on the edge of all the development and mm-hmm. all of the suburbs, but, you know, it was farmer's fields to the west. And that's changed quite a bit since then. But when I was growing up there, that's what it was like. It was a, t- a town of uh, about 7,000 people. And I was born in that area and raised and never moved uh, until I went off to college. We mm-hmm. lived in the same place, in the same house. And you had a, a joyful childhood, I'm sure. It was all cheerful butterflies and just rosy. It was great. No, you know, my childhood was fine. So I'm the youngest. Would you believe that? I'm the youngest of three. Okay. And so my brother is about a year and a half older than I am. And my sister is 11 years older than I am. So you were spoiled. So I was, <laughs> you would think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I never quite bought into the whole youngest child being spoiled thing. Oh, okay. Maybe that was just our family. I don't know. But we had a lot of fun. My brother and I, especially since we were so close in age, we got into a lot of trouble together. And we also fought a lot. And one of our favorite things to do growing up was to go out into the yard. We had a, a nice big yard where we lived. And we would go out and we'd play war. And we would do really dangerous things. Um, <laughs> Um, not not war like uh, like pretend pew pew I got you like we would set traps in the yard for each other uh, using you know dangerous things like pieces of wood and nails and stuff oh, and so it's amazing that uh, we say this to this day it's amazing that we both made it through without seriously injuring each other. Well, I'm glad of that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to hear me, that. Me, <laughs> me too. And I have all I have all my my fingers and toes and great, and everything. Great. So, so where where'd you go to school? Well, I I didn't. Oh, that explains a lot, <laughs> doesn't it? No, you know, I was homeschooled. So my parents homeschooled both me and my brother. 
And my brother ended up going to public school his junior year of high school, but I was homeschooled clear through to college. And so um, a lot of people now kind of have a better understanding of what homeschooling is or what it's like. Well, especially now. <laughs> yeah. Well, your uh, parents must have been almost pioneers in that. It's, uh... <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, there were a decent amount of families that did that where we lived, but it was nice because we still got a chance to connect with plenty of other people. I didn't just sit at home alone in my parents' basement. Well, if you're building traps out in the yard, and I mean, you're certainly going to run into somebody sometime. That's, that's right. Yeah, no one, no one would come visit us. I don't know why. I think they were afraid of falling into a hole with uh, a booby trap at the bottom of so it. How so was, how hard was it to get into college as a homeschool graduate through high school? Not hard at all. The transition from being homeschooled in high school to college was relatively smooth in my in my case. In my You're sure situation. you went to college? I, it, <laughs> I'm it wasn't, certain. It wasn't a scam. No. Okay. So I, uh, one of the things that I started to get more involved in as I was growing up, um, I was raised in the church. My parents had always taken us to church, and we did uh, devotions at home. We did uh, evening prayers and, and all of that kind of stuff, which I'm very thankful for. They helped us lay the groundwork for, for that faith that I continue to grow in now. Mm-hmm. But when I was about 14 or 15 years old, the church that we grew up in went through kind of a split, a change in leadership. And if you can imagine that, a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> and what that might be yeah. like in, oh a, in a congregation, yeah. you know, a lot of people decided to go someplace else. And my family did. My parents went to a different church. And at that point in time, I was really kind of wrestling through some things faith-wise. As a young person, I had grown up learning all of the Bible stories and kind of knowing all of the head knowledge But for me, there was not much of a connection to uh, the application Mm. side of things Mm -hmm. and understanding that Christianity and following Jesus wasn't about knowing everything and it wasn't about doing the right things. Um, And that that was a hard thing to wrap my mind around because I kind of grew up believing that. And so when I got into high school and around that that age, uh, about 14, 15 years old, and my parents started going to a different church, I wasn't super interested in going with them because at that point, going to church wasn't something I really wanted to do much of anyway. You rebel. I know. Can you believe that? (laughs) But thankfully, so that's where the story kind of takes a turn, though, because the church that I grew up going to was an Assemblies of God church, so like a Pentecostal church, Mm -hmm. real charismatic, uh, lots of hand-raising, lots of singing and and, uh, tambourining and all sorts of stuff, you know. We would always make the joke that worship was was two hours every Sunday. The first hour was singing, and the second hour was preaching, and then, you know, at about one thirty, you'd eat lunch. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Sunday was hungry. That, that's, uh... that's right. <laughs> so that was the church that I grew up going to. So when I uh, got back involved into the church, it was really through the efforts of some friends of mine who invited me to some youth events at the, at the Lutheran Church, and that was my first experience with a more traditional confessional church. Mm -hmm. It was a far cry from what I was used to. But one of the things that that God really used in that whole situation to to draw me in was the fact that I think he opened my eyes truly to what grace is, right? And that's not earned, that's not deserved, that has nothing to do with our head knowledge when it comes to Christianity. Memorizing Bible verses is great, but in terms of salvation and God's grace for us, it's up to him. And, exactly. Yes. And yes. that and yeah. that that was at that point that I was like, "Whoa, yeah, that sounds <laughs> sounds pretty good to me." Yeah. And yeah. and so that's really uh, 
when people find out that I grew up in a Pentecostal church and that I now not only go to a Lutheran church, but I mean, I'm called to a life of ministry. My vocation mm-hmm. is, you know, ministry in the LCMS church. Um, it, it, there are usually a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, and I have one. <laughs> yeah, go you ahead. Know, at what point did the change in attitude toward understanding grace result in that desire to actually serve in, yeah. in the vocation that you are now? That was one of those things that wasn't crystal clear. It was, it was a process. And so uh, throughout my involvement, as I got more involved in the youth group, at first as an attender, but I had a youth leader who, who uh, usually didn't just let people come and be a fly on the wall. There was some way to engage them in what was going on mm-hmm. in some form of student leadership or, or whatever that would look like. And I'm very thankful for that because really through that process, that's what God used to kind of nudge me into ministry. I had not planned on going on to a four-year college. I I really enjoyed, I still enjoy building things and working with my hands. And that was kind of my plan was to maybe do a trade school or, you know, something, maybe get my associate's degree or something like that, but to go work. So when junior, senior year rolled around, and um, I had had these opportunities to be involved in ministry in the youth group and in the church on just a student leadership type of level. God kind of started working on my heart, and I didn't even know what a DCE was. I well, some of us still do. That's right. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to figure that out every day. Every day. Um, but, but I knew that God was calling me into ministry and in, in such a way that, you know, my story, it is a unique story. And God reached out to me through young people, and that really made an impact and continues to make an impact in my life. So this person who was the leader of your Luth group, youth group, youth group. <laughs> That's what Lutheran youth Lutheran groups are called. Youth group, Luth yes. groups. I, I, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Do you find yourself patterning in any way after the way that person led? Yeah. So the guy's name is Bill, Bill Zeke, and he's still doing youth ministry stuff. I think he's more kind of generally doing discipleship at that church. He set a great example for really connecting with uh, with young people and mm-hmm. placing importance and value in that one-on-one relationship, whether it was him or one of the other leaders connecting with young people and then equipping people to go and to do likewise. And that's something that I still take with me to this day and that I try to, to emulate, I try to do Probably not as not as effectively, but I try because he had such an influence on me, and that's something that kind of sticks with me. And to that point, that was the picture or the idea of what youth group was. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of knew, and so it's hard not to base the things that I think about doing based on that because that's what I knew it to be. Uh, but of course, now um, there's lots of opportunities. I try to step into more of the role that he did for us, which was give younger people an opportunity to step up, to lead, to be equipped. And who knows what God will do with that. What's interesting to me is I think what you just described is probably true for nearly everybody in ministry, which it should not come as a surprise mm-hmm. because Paul said, Imitate me right. because I imitate Christ. Yeah, right. You know, uh, so when we find someone in our lives who is truly doing that, yeah, you, you find that you want to 
emulate yep. them, that you want to follow in their steps. Yeah, exactly. That was certainly the case for me um, because I knew how important that was in my faith journey and my faith walk. And to think about how important that was and to think that there are young people out there who don't have that person, mm-hmm. or at least not yet. And so uh, that's really one of the things that fuels my passion in ministry is really trying to not just do that myself, but equip other youth leaders and, and adults and youth students likewise to go out and be there for each other and walk walk that journey of faith together and um, encourage and challenge one another in what they're doing. So how many years have you been involved in this? Uh, coming up on 13 years, I went to Concordia, Chicago, and uh, or actually Concordia River Forest, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they changed the name about two years into it to Concordia, Chicago. So I got to do two years of each, but that's where <laughs> I went. You. Yeah, I know, I know. So that's where I, I went to college, and after that, in the DCE program, it's a four-year program on site there on campus, and then one year of internship. And so my internship church was not too far away from Concordia in the suburbs of Chicago in Mount Prospect. And that's where I started my ministry. I did a year of internship there and it was a good fit. It went well. I enjoyed my time. And um, that was a good congregation to be young and learning in as a DC, as someone going out and leading others. Um, There was guidance that was given that I'm very thankful for, but there was also permission to try different things and to do stuff in kind of a safe way that uh, may have failed, may not have turned out the way that I, <laughs> that I wanted it to, but I had good leadership there that helped me process through that. I ended up being called to that church, and so we spent a total of about five and a half years there in Mount Prospect at St. Paul's. And then after that, got a call out to Trinity and Davenport in the Quad Cities. And in both of those congregations, I did very much the same type of thing that I'm doing now. I worked primarily with youth and young adult mm-hmm. ministry, college age and young adult ministry, and building up those programs and, and again, just trying to equip students and other leaders to, to guide and to, to walk alongside people in faith. I would be really remiss if I didn't mention the fact that you referred to we – uh, you have a family, you have a wife and children, and you have, because you're involved in church work, you have this situation where you can be called, as you mentioned, yeah. by a congregation, and for your family then, regardless of what their wants or, or needs might necessarily <laughs> be, yeah. you yeah. have a responsibility beyond that. Yeah, so this would be a good time to mention that Megan and I got married let's see, about a month before my internship started. So in the summer of 2007, that was a fun summer <laughs> because, <laughs> because we, we finished up at school. Megan graduated that year uh, toward the end of May. We got married on June 2nd, and then I started my internship, I don't know, like July 7th, I think, or something like that, mm-hmm. the first week in July. And so there was a lot happening, but we were very blessed. God has taken care of us through... Uh, all of the ups and downs of ministry, and we're very thankful to, to be out here. Uh, yeah, I've got my two kids. Uh, Lila is <laughs> uh, in second grade, Elliot's in kindergarten, and they both are exhausting, but also a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do in ministry with without the support of my family. And that does make it a little bit challenging sometimes to, to consider things like moving you know, mm-hmm. and, and taking a call somewhere else when God calls you from some, something to something else uh, or someplace else. 
and what that looks like and to try to not just discern that personally, you know, on a kind of a personal level, but also, you know, what does that mean for my family? And um, they've been very supportive and loving through that process. I'm, I'm, I am blessed by that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I, I know that's the case. Yeah. I, I know that is the case. So, so Tony, I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. What is the shelf life of a director of Christian education? Because, you know, how, how long can an aging person relate to young people? Oh, man. Well, that's, I have no idea. I'm going to be young forever. <laughs> I, 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 have, I took my Peter Pan pills this morning. I'm going to be— In other words, do you have, do you have any— yeah. Any future ministry goals of some type for yourself yeah, beyond yeah. what you're doing today? <laughs> I told you I'm not going to be a pastor. <laughs> no, um, that's a good question. And it is something I think a lot about, especially now that I'm, you know, I have been out in the, the youth ministry field for a little while. Um, and I think that's going to be a different answer for each person. I, I, I think for me, and I can't say for certain because I don't know the future, but I would think for me that role would look like more of a true director of Christian education, um, Mm -hmm. which that person would really be really trying to equip others, whether they're lay leadership or other staff members or whatever. Okay, we're going to cut this off right now in case someone's listening (laughs) who's searching for (laughs) an overall director of Christian education. No, Tony Dixon is off the market. Not not available? He's not available. (laughs) No, but I I think that that's that's kind of one of those things that I've seen others who have been aging in ministry have maybe shifted from being more of a specific or a specialist in a certain area of ministry to, to a broader, more general, I guess, administrative role. That sounds a little bit office work e, but mm-hmm. um, but that's like like Bill, my youth director when I was growing up. That's what I think what he's pretty much done is he's shifted from f- just providing close, more focused uh, oversight of the youth program and student ministry to discipleship in the church, mm-hmm. right, and helping not just the youth and young adults grow in, in faith, but taking that and broadening the spectrum and applying that to really everything that's happening and and providing that overall picture for discipleship or Christian education. I could see that happening, um, but who's to say? I don't know. Well, just to slow that down, I have someone letting the air out of your tires right now. (laughs) Well... Well, I, if it's any uh, if it's any comfort to you, I I want to uh, I want to continue to to you know have an have an excuse or a reason to have fun and act like a kid as long as I can. Okay. So, well, that's good news. Yeah, so that is that's good. I news. don't see that changing anytime soon. Tony Dixon, this is your life. I do not understand the reference, but I'll, <laughs> I'll assume that that's uh, and I'm not Ralph Edwards. That's okay. Well, whoever that is. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tony. Hey, Thanks, Rich.